big fuss was about. She'd felt like she had indigestion for an hour. Then her baby had popped out. About midway during the 12 hours it had taken me to bring Sophie into the world. 12 very long hours. If that woman had walked in my room and I'd had a gun, I'd have shot her dead. But it had all been worth it. I'm fine, I said, just tired. And she's so great, all eight pounds. I held her out to him, smiling. And she has red hair. Red-haired Robin took Sophie as carefully as if she were an ancient Ming vase. He looked down at the tiny face, and my heart clenched at his expression. He was totally smitten. Can I put a moat around our house and build a ten-foot wall? He asked. I don't think the neighbors would approve, I said. We'll just have to do the best we can to keep harm away from her. I tried to stifle a yawn, but I couldn't. Honey... I'm going to sleep, I said. You're on watch. Even as a mother of two hours' experience, I was sure one of us should be on duty at all times. As I drifted into sleep, feeling I deserved it for a job well done, I counted all the people who already loved Sophie. My mother, her husband, Robin's mother, Robin's siblings, my half-brother Philip, and I felt so blessed that Sophie had been born into this protective circle. Though the moat and fence seemed a wise precaution. Chapter Two Two months later, I had put that notion out of my head and was even able to laugh about it. A little. We'd resumed our lives, but with a huge difference. The central core of our existence was Sophie her needs, her wants, her well-being. Though we were on the old side to be first-time parents, I was 37, Robin was 40, I felt we were coping like champions, on the whole. Robin would get up with Sophie at night, bring her to our bed where I would nurse her. I'd dive back into sleep while he changed her diaper and put her back in the crib. I would get up early in the morning and take care of Sophie until noon or two when Robin would have finished work, then he'd give me a break for a few hours. Sometimes I took a nap during that time. Sometimes I did a household chore. Sometimes I just read. Philip, who lived with us, donated the odd hour or two snatched from his busy high school schedule so I could go to the grocery without taking the huge bag of necessities that a baby required. A couple of times my mother came over when Robin had to speak at a luncheon or a signing. By trial and error, we were able to provide full-time baby coverage without extreme exhaustion. Up until the time Robin had to leave for BoucherCon, the World Mystery Convention. I came in the front door carrying a package of diapers. I'd taken Robin's car. Our two-car garage was more like a one-and-a-three-quarters car garage, and it was so nerve-wracking to park side-by-side side that one of our vehicles was usually left in the driveway. After depositing the diapers in Sophie's room, returning to the car for the other bags and checking again that the baby was still asleep, I joined Robin in our bedroom, right across the hall from Sophie's. Robin was packing. He was so methodical and careful about the process that I enjoyed watching him. Also, I had found something I wanted to show him. Look, I said. I flourished the bouquet of yellow roses. Who sent you flowers, he asked looking up from folding his shirts. The card was blank. I looked at it again, stuck on its plastic prong. No, I hadn't missed anything. I checked it twice. 
What florist? He stood back and looked down at the suitcase, frowning slightly. He was reviewing his mental list of the items he'd packed. I didn't talk until he gave a decisive nod. Blossom Betty's, I read. That was the logo on the card. Where's that? He picked up his phone and did a quick search. It's in Anders, he said. Huh, weird. Anders was halfway to Atlanta. Lawrenceton had once been a small town some distance out of Atlanta, but the space in between the two on the map was rapidly filling up with bedroom communities. Anders was one of those. They're really pretty, I said. You like roses, right? Especially yellow ones? You said that in an interview. So I'm guessing that someone meant to congratulate you on the nomination. By sending me flowers? He looked doubtful. Then he shrugged and coiled up another belt to place carefully in the middle of the bag.